Chapter Eighteen of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eighteen Revelations. Does anyone need to be told how Ralph Bramlett was received? There had been stormy periods in his married life before, certainly none stormier than this. Estelle waited not even for her husband to make ready for dinner. She followed him to his dressing room and while he tried to wash from his hands the soil which had accumulated that day some of its soil that no soap could cleanse away she burst out upon him not with questions not even with a hint that she had no faith in the stories but with as complete a tirade against his acts as though every syllable of the gossip had been proved had she not been too much occupied with herself she would have noted that he grew deathly pale but he did not in any other way make known that he heard her he went on washing those hands that were well shaped and had always been a comfort to him with punctilious care that and his silence exasperated his wife still more it is like you she said to insult me by this silence and unconcern do not pretend that you have no regard for what people say about you i know better you would give all you are worth to stand well in the eyes of marjorie edmonds even if you care for no one else then he spoke it is not necessary to drag her name into this remarkable scene i should think perhaps he could not have said anything that would have added greater fuel to the flame oh no his wife said of course not her name even must be shielded from anything disagreeable while i your wife must endure everything you would better think of your own name since you care nothing for mine have you not a word to say for yourself what foundation is there for these infamous stories you have been doing something to set tongues afloat i have felt that for some time but the hour has come when i demand to know what I will not be kept on surmises any longer. You seem to me to be well posted, he said very quietly. I am sure you have been pouring out information ever since I entered the house. What other particulars are there that you desire to know? I desire to know the truth and not to be insulted with sarcasms. What have you been doing in an underhanded way to start these reports concerning you? have you condescended to be the tool of those rum-makers to the extent that you are looking after their retail trade if i had supposed that my recent gifts of which i have been so proud came from such a source i would have thrown them in their faces rather than ever worn or shown them ralph bramlett straightened himself up at last and gave over trying to cleanse his hands there were ink stains on them still but he turned and gave his wife his full attention and spoke in the low tone that meant with him suppressed wrath you shall have every possible particular mrs bramlett had i known that you were suffering in that direction i would have relieved your anxiety before the gossips have been unusually successful this time they have verged very near the truth a few points only need correction instead of being an agent for the firm which i represent i have the honor to be the principal in this matter i have rented the corner store that has roused your wrath and the men in charge are my clerks 
i have found the business much more lucrative than that of bookkeeping and the luxuries in which i have freely indulged you for the last few months are excellent proofs of the same is that sufficiently full information or would you like to know something more if so do not hesitate to question me i shall have pleasure in giving you every possible advantage over others in the amount of knowledge which you possess he could not surely have understood how cruel was the information he was pouring out else he would have chosen a less dangerous time and a less insulting manner for his communication in truth he was himself so much under excitement that it was questionable if he realized the force of his words but it is also true that he did not understand the extent to which his wife was prejudiced against the retail liquor traffic it is to be feared that he did not give her credit for strong principles in any direction and the social degradation of such a business as it would affect her was something that he had not as yet thought of she had borne the salary paid by the distillery not only with equanimity but to his certain knowledge had indignantly repelled marjorie edmonds's hints of available openings where the salary was not so large perhaps he could not be expected to realize what a difference the management of a liquor saloon would make in her estimation he was not left long in doubt estelle whose very vestige of self-control had departed from her long before his studiedly polite sentences were concluded burst upon him with a fury that for the moment half frightened him she poured the vials of her wrath and contempt upon him in language such as he could not have imagined from her lips she called him by every name suggesting hypocrisy that her imagination could frame and her anger instead of expending itself in this outburst seemed to rise as she talked her words were checked at last only by a realization of the fact that her husband had turned from her and hurried out of the room nor was she greatly astonished when a few minutes later she heard the front door close with a bang lena came to the door soon afterwards to say that dinner was waiting on the table and mr bramlett had gone out again without eating a mouthful some impulse had prompted estelle to rush to the door and lock it the moment she found herself alone therefore she was safe from lena's intrusion she had just presence of mind enough and sufficient command over her voice to call out to lena that mr bramlett had been unexpectedly summoned downtown and that they would wait dinner until his return then she gave herself up utterly to her misery the patient lena carefully removed and set to keep warm the dishes prepared for dinner and settled herself to await further orders an hour passed and the master of the house did not return mrs bramlett came downstairs in the course of time and explained to lena that she was afraid mr bramlett would be detained beyond any reasonable hour for dinner it was not worth while to keep the hot dishes waiting much longer probably he would take only a glass of milk and some biscuits when he returned for herself she did not care to eat dinner alone she would wait for him but if he did not come in another half hour lena might clear away the dinner and consider herself dismissed for the night then she came back to the parlor and began her aimless fidget about the table and mantel that has been already described 
with every passing moment her anxiety and indignation grew apace anxiety to know how it would all end indignation against her husband for adding yet this strain to her horrible day it was no wonder that he ran away she told herself with a bitterly curling lip if he should want to hide himself so completely that he could never be found it would not be in the least strange after having brought such insufferable disgrace upon them all and been all but the murderer of his own father she had not spared him this thrust also in her ungovernable excitement perhaps she had even dwelt upon it because she could see that he winced under the words as nothing that she had said before had made him she was by no means through she assured herself if ralph thought to treat her as though she were a naughty child and stay away until she had recovered from her first excitement in the expectation of being received afterwards as though nothing had happened he would find himself utterly mistaken she had not the slightest idea of enduring such a humiliation as he had planned for her he must get out of that disgraceful business to-morrow so utterly that it could at once be said and with truth that he had nothing whatever to do with it nothing less than that would satisfy her if he did not she did not finish her thought at the moment she heard voices familiar voices chatting and laughing they were on the piazza now she heard a merry sentence of mr maxwell's as they waited for the bell to be answered of all horrible times for a call from marjorie edmonds this seemed to the half-distracted wife the worst she would not see them she would send word that she was not at home no that would not do the parlor was brightly lighted and could be distinctly seen from the piazza well then she was engaged very especially engaged and could see no one but she must have been observed from the windows standing in the middle of the room doing nothing besides it was too late lena was already at the door she must see them they came in gaily with cheerful greetings evidently they had heard nothing they ran in quite often these two by way of helping to carry out their compact it was all important for watching eyes and gossiping tongues to know that they were on extremely friendly terms with the dwellers in this house as often as possible they chose an hour when the master of the house would not be at home but on this evening marjorie had an errand with estelle they had come late so as to be able to make their stay short but friendly the errand accomplished marjorie lingered she hardly knew why what could have happened to estelle she had never seen her in quite such a mood she talked and laughed nervously giving slight apparently frightened starts at every sound outside she seemed not to know some of the time what she was saying could she be on the eve of a serious illness if she was quite alone ought they to leave her suddenly her anxiety was broken in upon in the most startling manner there was a curious fumbling at the night latch as though one not acquainted with it was trying to enter then the master of the house shambled into the hall into the parlor his face red his eyes bleared his whole appearance as unlike ralph bramlett as could be conceived hello madge you here he shouted 
and he's with you of course say why don't you two get married you might as well you've been long enough about it there's nothing like married happiness i tell you what are you doing here anyhow you old smooth-faced hypocrite you're a hypocrite do you know that if it hadn't been for you marjorie and i would have been all right i want you to get out of my house do you hear up to this moment the three listeners had stood transfixed with horror the two women with almost equally blanched faces and strained eyes marjorie was the first to speak he is insane she whispered estelle dear do not go near him oh mr maxwell do not be frightened said mr maxwell recovering speech it is not insanity mrs bramlett let me manage this come sir you are not in a condition to appear before ladies let me help you to your room there was a moment's struggle a half insane yell from the master of the house a determined grip from the hand of his guest and the other yielded and allowed himself to be led muttering away your master has taken ill marjorie heard mr maxwell explaining to the frightened lena show me the way to his room and then get me a pitcher of ice water no we shall not need a physician at present my good girl i know just what to do for him it is a sudden attack that will soon pass he is intoxicated said his wife her lips as white as snow marjorie gave a low wail as though it was she who had been stricken and dropped back among the cushions powerless for a moment to move or speak had the playmate of her childhood come to this to one of her belief and environment death itself was as nothing compared with such sorrow as this she sat up for a moment and looked pitifully at estelle she knew not a single word to say to her it was no time for pity for sympathy even she could not wonder that the wife stood as she had when her husband had been taken from the room with her eyes fixed as if fascinated with it on that closed door to intrude a word upon her would have been to marjorie horrible after what seemed to her hours but was in reality only a few minutes mr maxwell came downstairs i have got him to bed he said to estelle he is entirely quiet now sleeping indeed and you need be under no apprehension in regard to him at the same time if you would like me to remain part of the night i will she interrupted him i would not i have not the least desire for your presence i know quite well what i shall do the remainder of the night will be just long enough for me to make what preparations i must and with the first streak of dawn i will go to my father's house that i was a fool ever to leave thank heaven i have friends who can take care of me i do not need you marjorie started up and came to her side oh estelle dear she said tenderly don't speak such words you do not know what you are saying estelle turned upon her fiercely do i not indeed you would counsel me i suppose to stay beside a drunken husband you would do it perhaps it is a pity you do not have the chance for myself no power on earth would make me so disgrace myself i have borne enough mrs bramlett 
said mr maxwell answering the mute appeal in marjorie's eyes we cannot wonder at your excitement and-and pain but let me remind you that your husband is not a drunkard he is probably not in the habit of using stimulants and has been overcome in an unexpected way it may be by some accident oh yes interrupted marjorie eagerly he must be the victim of some plot i have read of such things i tell you said estelle stamping her foot i want nothing from you neither sympathy nor explanation i want you to go and let me alone do you think i do not know that if it had not been for you my husband would never have so disgraced himself would never have made my life miserable you have intended from the very first to ruin my home i wish you joy of having accomplished it mrs bramlett interposed mr maxwell in his sternest tones we are certainly willing to hope now that you do not know what you are saying i will take miss edmonds away at once because i do not choose to hear her further insulted in your saner moments you will doubtless wish to apologize for words that you of course know to be false End of chapter 18